Are you ready to take action to attain the lifestyle of your dreams? It's a great way to make a lot of money fast, fast, fast. All right, welcome back to the Clever Investor Show. I'm your lucky host, Cody Sperber. Welcome to today's episode. We're really excited because we got a fantastic guest. Uh, he's a former footballer, pro football player. He is an entrepreneur. He is a fitness expert slash coach to the fitness experts and uh, has a, an amazing community. He's the founder of Supra Human, and uh, he's probably one of the sexiest guys we've ever had on the show. I feel like I'm just, look, his name is John Matson. If you don't know him, you're in for a real treat. John, I'm super excited you're here because I'm feeling sexier just sitting next to you. Dude, that's my favorite introduction ever, man. So like, thanks for literally, having Literally, it's oozing out of, like, everybody, all 17 of my listeners want to know right now. Do we just get sexier by just this conversation? Dude, if you're if you're in this aura, you get sexier. <laughs> you know, you uh, you have a lot of great experience building an awesome community. Uh, coming out of the NFL, were you good in the NFL? I mean, dude, it, it's funny because I tell people that once you get to that level, everybody's good. Most casual fans, you know, if you if you don't have a huge name or you're not an all pro, they think you suck, but. It's a razor's edge difference of the people who go all pro and the people who are on the next flight out. So I lasted three years. I was never a star. I scored a couple touchdowns, lived a dream. And uh, ultimately, I got sent on my way at 27 years old with a one-way plane ticket back home and had to figure out what else to do with my life. So wait, you, you didn't even play like high school football. Right. How did hell did you get in the NFL? Like one day you were like, you know what? I'm going to college. I'm going to play college ball. I'm getting in the NFL. It, it was almost like that, man. So going into my sophomore year, I go to the weight room for the first time. Full intention to play football. I had played since I was 10 years old. And the first thing we had to do in that high school weight room was max out on bench, squat, and deadlift. And I had never lifted a weight before. So long story short, I go in the corner with five of my friends. They throw 25 pounds on each side on the Olympic bar and they start repping it out for some reps and warming up. Well, when it got to be my turn, they lifted the bar off of the bench and in an instant, like the bar comes down and crushes my sternum. And not only that, like my confidence was shattered in that moment. And so literally right there, I look around the room and I'm like, dude, I'm small. I'm scrawny. I'm weak. Hard to believe now I'm 6'5", 240 pounds. But when I was a sophomore, it wasn't always that way. And so I look around, I'm like, dude, I'm not going to play football this year. Like I had that embarrassing, insecure moment in the weight room, but I also made another decision. And that was one day I'm going to show all of you how strong and powerful I'll be. And so that was my motivation. I went home and I told my dad, I said, dad, can you help me work out? You know, can you help me get strong? And so for the next six months, I worked out with my dad every single day until I got to a point, he hired some local powerlifting dude at the local gym. And for the next three years, I just got smoked in that weight room every single day. And I saw like the confidence just start to, my body changed, but the confidence within myself changed too. So ultimately I played basketball for three years, graduated without a scholarship offer and went to a local junior college and just decided to, uh, walk onto the football team. And so that was my entrance into college football. Played there for one year, transferred to the University of Utah, won a Fiesta Bowl, and then ultimately got my shot at the NFL. Damn, that's a, that's a journey. See, my confidence got shattered, but not, it, very similar to you, but mine was in the shower. Mm, tell when, me when, that. Where, Well, just where all the guys had to go shower. Oh, okay. And then I was, I knew football was- You were short. And that was it. Yeah. I was I was insignificant <laughs> compared to the other guys. But no, you, you, you obviously- 
change your physique in a massive way. I think there's a huge connection. You know, this show's all about building wealth through investments, really getting out of that rat race mindset and over into like, how do I build a company? How do I build wealth? How do I make investments? And I think there's a massive connection between health and wealth and happiness. And so you've done a fantastic job, you know, just making that change. I can imagine that embarrassment. I've, I remember the first time I went to the gym, not even knowing how to use any of the weights. I stood there watching other weightlifters just trying to figure out what I was doing. And I literally didn't lift a single weight that day. I just hung out at the gym. And then I went and hired a personal trainer immediately. Cause I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm going to hurt myself. Yeah, man. It's an intimidating place, you know, but it's like fit. That was my entrance into this fitness world. And, and fitness is so cool because you can feel change like the very next day. Like if a person's sitting on the couch, they decide that they're going to, you know, run or they're going to go to the gym for the first time. It's like the very next day you can feel those, the, the muscles in your body, like they're sore. And it's like, it reminds you of the work you did. And it doesn't really take that long to see noticeable change in the mirror. And so I think with fitness, it's like, you see this change like right before your eyes. And then it, there, there's a switch that goes off in, in your brain. And it's like, what else could I do if I put this effort into it? And so in a lot of ways, like my clientele, they're they're usually people who've been very successful in investing in real estate, in sales. They own companies. And it's like, we've all heard this saying, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And it couldn't be farther from the truth because I see guys that go to these fancy resorts in Cabo and they're in the, they're in the pool with a Rolex on and their bodies are like a, a two, right? And just because they make money and are great at business, they're not great at health sometimes. And so I think we should aspire to be the person that is excellent in fitness, is excellent in business, is excellent in relationships. But a lot of times we see people that are one-dimensional and most of my clients come to me in, in that regard. And it's interesting because once they lock in their fitness, as good as they are at business, it's like that focus translates and they do even better in business. Even if they're great, we have guys that have you know, had companies nine-figure companies and with a little bit of intentionality in their fitness the right way, it's like their focus is even more on point. Yeah, I have made fitness a massive goal in the last two years specifically. 18 months ago, if you would have saw me, I dad bod. I did, dude. I saw you at Avengers and I'm looking at you now. I was going to say, you look good, bro. Yeah, well, I'm trying to keep up with you. Yeah. I can't take my shirt off around you. I'm yeah. embarrassed. I got a I got a three and a half pack. I need to get what do you have? Fourteen muscles. I mean, you know, I walk right around, now. Walk, like, what's going on? How do I get fourteen abs? I, That's I what the, every listener wants to know right now. And if you're not watching this, just go to the YouTube channel and at least look at John. He's a specimen of a man. So, like, this is why people hire him is because he really you really do have it figured out. Thank you, bro. Yeah, but I made it a priority. Yeah, and I think it's important. But I didn't. I, I want to ask your opinion on this because there's a lot of strong opinions. I didn't, I don't believe my body had the building blocks necessary once I turned past 40. Mm -hmm. I was working out. I hired a personal trainer. I was going to the gym. I still had a dad bod. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't build the muscle until I got my testosterone checked. Yeah, man. How do dude. you feel about that? Because, you know, Liver King just came out. Yeah. Right. Everybody was like trying to eat like the Liver King right. and then realized it wasn't working for them. And all of a sudden they realized, oh, he's on TRT or whatever he was on. Yeah. How, what are your thoughts on like getting tested, 
testosterone replacement therapy, all that stuff. Yeah. So like a lot of people, especially over 35, like hormone profiles, all this stuff in the environment completely jack us up. Right. And so I look at fitness as kind of like this, this, uh, compound interest. I started working out when I was 16 years old. I was in collegiate weight rooms with some of the best strength and conditioning coaches in the world all through the NFL. And so like, I'm going to turn 40. I've been lifting heavy since I was 16 years old. And so for me, like I built substantial muscle underneath, even if I was to pack on 20 more pounds, like if we stripped it off, there's going to be substantial muscle there based on almost 25 years of actual training. And so it's almost like in the investing world, it's like if you have tons of money and you're getting compound interest and it's been a part of you since you started at 25 years old and you're 40, there's a lot of compound interest working in your favor. Now, if you've let yourself go and you haven't had that type of training and now you find yourself at 40 years old and you're like, damn, I have a couple of kids, I've been chasing wealth and now this body, I'm going in the gym and the results are super slow. Yes, like testosterone is probably going to be a, a huge factor there, but also I don't like it as an excuse for a lot of people. It's it's something that is going to be more of an optim, optimization metric tool rather than like a foundational. So like if you're thinking about doing that, awesome, have no problem with it. It's dial your training in first, understand you, make sure you understand nutrition, how to feed your body optimally in the first place. And then from there, you can move on to some of that stuff if it's truly, you know, important to you. And, and I, I think it should be because if a person has subpar levels of testosterone, it's like your brain isn't even functioning in the right capacity. Yeah. yeah. I was at 290. Yeah. 290. And I held off. I, I originally was considering it at like 38, 39. I waited until 43. Yeah before I actually pulled the trigger on it, um, I couldn't be happier with the results. Now, I did exactly what you said. I hit the gym hard for a year or two. I hired the personal trainers. I got my meals down. I started counting macros. I did all of those things, and I took it as far as I could take it. And then I, as I made the decision to finally do it, I, my big fear was I, I'm already losing my hair. Mm. I didn't want to, like, accelerate hair loss. Yeah. You know, and I've heard that that's one of the side effects. And um, you know, how's the hair looking? Is it good? No, fuck yeah. no. I'm going no, bald. Going, this going is, bald. I got, <laughs> I got, I'm shredded, but I'm bald. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, and I'm also rich, so, uh, I can rich, buy more, rich, I can buy more bald, hair. Shredded. You're good, dude. They yeah. Got, I can yeah. figure it out yeah. from here, you know, but, um, yeah. So let's just take a step back. So like, uh, walk, I'm a new client. So first off, supra human. It's all about optimization on many different levels, right? You're running this community. You, like you mentioned, you got CEOs, you got entrepreneurs, you got athletes, you got all these people coming to you right now. And I love your community. Um, lots of mutual friends. Everybody raves about it. You're really doing a great job on Thank that. You. And I want to talk about subscription models and how as an entrepreneur, you're, you're winning on that side, some marketing stuff. So that we'll talk about that here in a minute. But let's talk about like, I come to you. I'm an entrepreneur, I'm killing it in the money game, but I'm not really killing it in the health game. Mm -hmm. What's the process you're going to put me through? Yeah, man. So I, the cool thing about what we do is everything's like one-on-one -on -one custom coaching. Because what I what I realize is like, I love the gym, right? Like I, I would rather go to the gym than play basketball or ride a bike or go swimming or do any of that other stuff. That's like, that's my thing. But most people that are winning this money game and not the health game. It's usually because we live in America and Americans are fat. It's 
99% of people that come in in the first place is usually going to have to strip all that excess fat off, right? Even guys that like come in and are like, oh, you know, I'm pretty good. You know, I've been working out and, you know, I look okay. It's like, I can see a picture. And the first thing we do is we, it's like we take a chisel out and we just strip all that excess fat off to see like what we're really working with. And then it's at that point though, that in my opinion, the game actually starts. And you you kind of know this because your journey started 18 months ago. It's like you, we get a person as lean as they possibly can get. Let's call it 10% body fat. That's not as lean as, you know, people in bodybuilding shows, but we're not optimal. We're not really doing 10%. Body, I mean, 10%. If you walk around at 10% body fat, you can see visible abs. Yeah, right? for sure. And so I feel like 10% is like... It's good, dude. It's really, really good. good. It's really, it's really good. That's I try to walk around between ten and twelve percent on on the daily, right? Unless I'm doing a photo shoot, might drop down to, you know, nine or eight. But it's like you don't want to really live live in that range. But ultimately, we take a person, we see what they're working with, and then ultimately, it's like we lay out a plan, and everything we do is built around their lifestyle. And so that's why our clientele is usually the high performers. It's like, they're not, they don't want to go spend two hours a day at the gym, right? The good news for them is they don't need to do two a days. Like the last time I ever did a two a day for my fitness was 2009 when I played in the national football league. Right? So there's a lot of things people do that like takes away from their time and energy from their business and family. Therefore, that's why they always put it on the back burner. So for us, it's like, we're going to create an optimal plan with three to four training sessions per week for an hour. And that is, that's enough, dude, it's enough for me. It's enough for any one of your listeners too. Then we're going to teach them how to eat specifically for their, for their body, right? Age is a consideration. Training history is a consideration. How much muscle mass they have is a consideration, whether they're male or female is a consideration. And so we are going to optimize the nutrition to usually strip fat off first until we get them to that point where they're like, okay, like, damn, like, this is, this is what I have. And then, and then we're going to switch gears. And then it's going to be like, what do you really want? Right. And we care about aesthetics because that's important. And we also care about performance because that's important. We also care about longevity and anti-aging because that's important too. So it's like, we want a balance of all of those things, but in fitness, it's like, it's not a 90 day thing. We can maybe lose 30 pounds in 90 days, but that's not going to leave you looking like King Leonidas and have you feeling like you walk into a room and people are like, what the fuck, you know? So if a person's really going to dive into that game, then it's like that process is going to be, you know, a year, two years, and ultimately it can never end. So we have to really educate a person. Like I always say, like my, my program's not about fitness, it's about excellence. So I'm constantly selling, even to my clients, every single day. It's like excellence is the goal. Winning is the goal, right? And it has to be important for somebody to dedicate the rest of their lives to that, to that thing, right? Especially when they're busy entrepreneurs, they have families usually too. So what is the minimum effective dose that we can utilize to get the maximum return on their investment of their own time and money so that they can do something until they're 85, 90 years old? So, so how, do you, how do you hold people accountable or coach them through that? Because a lot of people, New Year's resolution, I'm going to do it. They maybe even hire a trainer. They're two months in, then they let a day or two go. Then they you know, they go on a vacation, they eat a little money, then they're slow to get back in it. Next thing you know, they're off on a tangent. They let their health game yeah. go right out the window. Yeah, man. Because I think everybody's chasing this thing down. It's especially with influencers and people on Instagram and YouTube. It's like, everyone wants to talk about how disciplined they are, right? Like that's their edge. And I'm like, in my eyes, discipline is, is important, but if you're not motivated to be disciplined in the first place, and people hate on this word motivation, and I'll, I'll wrap this 
into it. It's like, you're not going to be disciplined for no reason. Michael Jordan was not just disciplined because he wanted to be disciplined. He wanted to be the greatest in the world. Kobe Bryant wanted to be the greatest in the world. If you go read Think and Grow Rich, the first principle of success is desire. And so in my opinion, a person that has no burning desire to walk around excellent, they might do it for 90 days, even six months, but ultimately like they will not be disciplined forever. See, like when I walked into that weight room and got embarrassed, it lit a flame in my soul that like I will always walk into a room and represent winning. And so for me, it's like, yeah, I didn't want to get up at 5 a.m. and go to the gym this morning, the day after the Super Bowl. But I have it, it's not discipline that got me there. It's the desire in my heart to be excellent. And so when I'm working with people, it's like I can give them, you know, a plan that is scientifically proven to work and is unfallible if they do it. But the thing I can't teach anybody is the desire in their heart for that thing. And so the way that we've done it, and if people go on Instagram and they see all of our transformations, which are completely mind-blowing, it's not because I'm the smartest coach in the world from a scientific standpoint. It's because I've built a, a, a culture of excellence. And so when a person comes in, it's almost like you get sucked into this championship team that we got business guys now that are like, they're doing nine figures. Some of them have private jets and it's like, they also have a six pack. So there's that study that came out that said that there was 22 people in, 22 million people in the United States that had a net worth of a million bucks. And there's only 3 million people that have a six pack. And so people are like, all, mm. the, all the fitness influencers are like, you know, flexing up saying, yeah. it's, it's harder to have a six pack than make a million bucks. And it's like, well, if you're driving a Honda and you spend three hours a day at the gym carrying around a water jug and you have a six pack, like nobody really gives a fuck either. Right. And so true winning, in my opinion, is like, okay, we have 22 million that have a net worth of a million. We have 3 million that have a six pack. What's the percent? What's the 1% that has millions and a six pack? And I'm like, those are like, in my eyes, those are the people that I respect because the body is, is a true representation of status, but so is a scoreboard of money too. And so like in my circle, I want to, I want both. I love that. Um, uh, I've had an, another guest named Spectacular. Do you know Spec? I don't. He He's uh, in the group Pretty Ricky. Um, I haven't come out with the episode yet, but uh, Spectacular said something to me and I've adopted it. He, he, he said the word winergy. Mm. And as soon as I heard it, I'm like, that's my theme for 2023 is winergy. 2022 was hard for me. Mm -hmm. I went through a lot, you know. But 2023 is winergy. And uh, when I hear you talking about like that pursuit of excellence, um, a lot of my friends at this level, that's how they operate. It's their obligation to be excellent. Mm -hmm. And that's just, it's part of their habit. It's not, it's not like I'm going to go to the gym and get a six pack. It's like, this is my new way of life. Right. And that's how they do it every single day. And so it's always easy to get back on track because it's just how you live. Right. So I, I love that. And, and I feel like if I'm, when I see people who are real successful, but they got man titties or they're at the beach and they're wearing like a t-shirt and it's all floppy. And, and I'm just like, damn, you would give every dollar you've made away the day you get the call from your doctor saying you got diabetes or you, 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 you have something that you health wise mm -hmm. that you can't fix. Right. Like money means nothing if you're not able to spend it. If, right. you, if you're not feeling good enough to spend it, people are lethargic and, and, and we do have a, like a sugar epidemic in our country, you know, it's like diabetes mm -hmm. and it's really sad how many people 
are just on, their health game is just a disaster. It is. Which is why I wanted you on this show. And I was excited to have this conversation because um, every single person watching this needs to make their health a priority. It is before their money game. They need to make their health a priority, in my opinion. Yeah. Because of just that. If they feel, if I feel good, if I get a good night's sleep, the next day I'm full of energy. And and I want to hear about your, your routines real mm -hmm. quick just because I, I like successful people's routines because when people hear it, they're like, damn, I'm still using an alarm clock. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to the gym. I'm not moving. Um, uh, it's just it's just once once you start building that muscle and you start having that energy, the money game starts to happen. I, I believe it it happens a lot easier. So for for anybody watching this right now, like what does your routine look like? Are you a morning person? You get right to the gym, smash it out. What supplements are you taking? Yeah, yeah. What's that look like? So um, right now, I, I think it's important too because I used to be like super rigid with when I didn't have uh, a child. Right. And so it's like sometimes depending on the seasonality of, of a person's life, it's like wake up at 5 a.m. and do X, Y, and Z before you, you know, have breakfast or coffee. And, and so I'll tell you my routine, but I also want to preface it with like depending on where you're at, like with a young, we have a five-year-old. And so sometimes for a, for a while there, like that threw my morning routine off big time. And so sometimes people let that like kind of make the rest of their day kind of get, you know, thrown off in a direction they don't want. So I would just say like, find the routine. It doesn't have to be mine, but find something that sets your day up for success. And if for whatever reason you have two-year-olds or three-year-olds and it throws it off, it's like all good. Like just, you know, start the next day, right? Like this isn't about perfection. It's, it's just about the process. And so for me, I enjoy waking up in the morning and having a little bit of quiet time. I found that the easiest time for me to work out when my phone is not going crazy, I'm not thinking about emails, my team's not contacting me for stuff, is 5, 5 a.m. So my alarm clock goes off at 4.30. I, I grab a cup of coffee. I read for 10 minutes and then I'm out the door. I'm at the gym at 5 a.m. And then I'm back at the house at 6.30. And usually for me, I have about another 45 minutes before uh, my daughter is up and we're, you know, playing around and doing whatever she wants to do. So when when I get home, I take my my pen and paper out and I just journal. Um, I just journal. And so like the journal is a big part of it for just me. Just some thoughts for the day just, or yeah, dude, what just, you're meditating so, on? So just thoughts. Um, and then also I rewrite my goals down every single day. Cause I want, I want that intention. Do you really do that? I do it. A lot of people say that, like I write down my goals, but like, are you really like, like you I, build I that a, habit when you're doing whole, it? I have a whole, I got this from, from Bob Proctor, but I have a whole like uh, self-declaration, like self-image statement. And it's annoying to do, but I write it down every single day. And the reason, and, and I was like kind of hit or miss on it, but I went to this training by this gentleman named Dr. Morehouse and he was, he was over, I think it was CIA. It's, it used to be classified. It's not classified anymore, but he was the head of like the Stargate uh, program in the CIA. And so his whole thing was the United States government was, was saying that Russia and China was using psychic capabilities of the human mind to remote view different secret locations and stuff. And so the United States government dumped, you know, millions and millions of dollars into this 
this project where they're going to say like, okay, like if our enemies have this capability, we want to explore what's possible. And Dr. Morehouse was the guy, he wrote a book called Psychic Warrior. And so I got to be in a little, in a little tiny conference with him, like 17 people. And he was talking about remote viewing and, and the, the capabilities of our human mind go far beyond what we ever possibly could consider. And so what he said was in a, in a, in a world that's waves and particles, right? From a quantum, and, and this was the best I've ever heard anyone explain it. We live in a quantum world, waves and particles, right? Where waves will turn, on part, turn into particles and into actual form. He said the one thing that can organize the waves into patterns and increase the pop, prob, probability of that materializing into actual reality and form is intentionality. And so there's two ways to raise your raise intentionality. One is by amplitude, like the, the intensity of it, right? So if you can be intense about your uh, intention, that helps organize these waves and, and help turn them into a particle. And he said, the other thing is repetition. So two things. And so we, when he taught, when he brought that and I'm like, oh, damn, like, you know, now we're talking about the law of attraction on a whole different quantum level. He's like, the more frequent you put that into your subconscious mind, the more likely it is. He's like, I can't guarantee it's 100%, but I'm telling you right now with all the studies that I've done in, in the quantum realm and also the capabilities of the human mind, repetition will increase likelihood. And so I'm like, cool, that, you know what? I, I'm sold on that idea. So I write that stuff. I mean, I would say that every single week, I'm at least five out of seven. So, I so, might so not, what, yeah, what does ahead. something like that look like? Are you literally describing you, your per, you, your best version of you? Yes. Is that like, what you're writing like, down? Like in, the, like in the present tense. So it's like, I'm so happy and grateful now that I have. And then it's like, I'll be talking about business. I'll be talking about relationship. I'll also talk about fitness. Those are usually the three domains. And it's like, I've already accomplished the goal, like the goal that's in my mind. So if I wanted to make, you know, $2, $2 million a month, it's like, I'm so happy and grateful now that I've, uh, increased revenue to $2 million plus per month, every single month, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like constant. So it's part, it's, it's like part manifestation, part raising your enthusiasm and intention. You're getting the frequency down. It's like the ultimate secret. Yeah, dude, it is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm like, I'm a realist and I'm also like, I've had some incredible stuff in my life happen. I'm sure you have too, where it's like your, your thoughts really originate the, the real form of something happening. So how do we actually tap into that? When I look at my own life and I'm like, I, I literally go to Snow College to, to play, it was a little junior college to play basketball. I have a basketball highlight film that I'm trying to walk on to the basketball team. And the basketball coach tells me, John, I don't know if you can play ball or not, but my roster's full. We're not even gonna have tryouts. So if you wanna do it, you gotta do it somewhere else. And in that moment, I'm like, my dad says, what do you wanna do? And I'm like, let's go talk to the football coaches. And I hand him a basketball film, right? And like, I believe that's God. But back then, um, it was like, I don't know where that thought originates from, right? But as a kid, if you watched me practice, and I don't know if your kids play sport, if you watch me practice in my own mind, the intensity of me, like I'm playing games in my head against, you know, Michael Jordan and, and you know, all the greats of all the sports. For me, like that, that intensity of the feeling I was living in my whole childhood. So if you asked me, at, you know, if I was in seventh grade, John, what are you going to do when you grow up? 
professional athlete was choice A, B, C, D, E, F. But it wasn't just because like, I thought that's what my parents wanted for me. It was like in my soul, like that's what I'm going to do. And so as I think about manifestation, law of attraction, and then layer it with like studying from Bob Proctor and then this guy who's talking about it from a quantum point of view, which makes scientific sense. I'm like, dude, like I've done that so much in my life. How do I like, how do I get really good at it? Because I want to manifest on a different level, right? I want to, I want to manifest all the things. And so when repetition was one, I'm like, cool, like I'll, I'll, I'll subscribe to that idea and I'll do my part every day. It takes five minutes and it's really easy not to do. And it's really easy to do. So I'm going to put it down there and I'm going to, I'm going to believe in it. Right. And whether it works or not, all you can know is by my results or not results. I love it. Yeah. And I, th- there's not a single thing that I haven't spoken into existence. Right. I, I am so intentional with where I want to go and what I want. I, even in real estate, when everybody was discounting me and passing me over and nobody would take my phone calls, I was being told no over and over and people were laughing at me and making fun of me. I just knew. Mm-hmm. I just knew. I said, there, I'm going to stay the course. This is going to happen. I will be a real estate millionaire. I'm going to be successful it's happening. Yeah. I was, I had certainty. I love pr- people with intention and certainty. Yeah. I think the world needs more of it. There's so many people lost. They're so boring. Dude, I mean, I always say too, like you're, you're manifesting what you want or what you don't want all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's people's like, that doesn't work. I tried that. Usually their focus, think about this, their focus is on contingency plans. It's on what if it fails? Like what's the worst case scenario? And so it's like, they don't even know, but their unconscious focus is playing out all the, all this stuff. They don't even believe in, in, in what they want. And so it's like, they wonder why they always get what they don't want. It's because they're, they haven't trained their brains to focus on what they want and to speak life into that. They're always like using words that are powerful, talking about things that aren't going to work out, how they knew they weren't going to work out. It's like, you're creating that stuff. And so when I was in that room with, with that doctor and he was talking about all that stuff, my mind was blowing because like in a quantum sense, that's actually what's happening. It's like yeah. these people are, are being magnetic to what they don't want, where you have, have learned and people that we know, super successful people, whether they know they're doing it or not, have this belief and faith and focus on what they do want. And, and things, even if it gets difficult sometimes, it seems to work out. Yeah, I was having a conversation with, um, do you know Joseph McClendon III? Yeah. He's Tony Robbins. Yeah. You know, he's up on stage for UPW with Tony Robbins. I was having a, a conversation, good friend of mine, good mentor of mine. Um, we were talking and he said, you know, the, the percentage of people like in Kansas when they're doing these road trips, they're, they're driving these long stretches. Um, at night and stuff like that, where there's nothing. It's like literally flat fields, cornfields or whatever, and nothing forever, hundreds of miles. And uh, he said, do you know the percentage of people that crash into like the one telephone pole Mm. in the entire area is super high and they're always crashing in these telephone poles. He goes, you know why that is? I said, no, why? And he goes, it's because that's what they focus on when they're falling asleep and they wake up. That's the thing they look at and they automatically drive right into Mm. it. He said, people don't really understand how important that focus is. And you said something really great. Like they're focusing more on the negative than on the positive. And and hopefully everybody here does some of this journaling and really starts to say some of these statements as if that's really where they're going. So after the journaling, what what, will you do some family time? Yeah. Yeah. So journaling comes, like my daughter will run down. I'll play with, I'll hang out with her for a little bit. She goes to school. And so I'm usually the one that's uh, 
driving her to school. She gets there at 9 a.m. And uh, I don't really get into like my office mode until 9.30. And so the thing that I've been really good at, and, and for a lot of people, like they struggle with this, like I will compartmentalize in my mind what I'm focused on. So a lot of people have, have a really hard time doing this, but I'm not looking at, I'm protecting my mind until I get in my chair and I'm ready for whatever hits that inbox. So or like whatever. no news, no no emails, no like definitely, plain defense. Yeah. You're, you're, like I'll be on social media sometimes and, and like I could get better at that, but I'm not even touching my email box until like today. It's like, I didn't look at it. Yes, I didn't really look at it Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I don't even touch it until it's like 9.30 and I say, okay, what do I, what do I have to do right now? Yeah. And so the cool thing for me is like when I built this business, I, I knew what I didn't want Right. And I was like, cool, I'm not willing to build this this company if it means that I'm not going to be the best father. And so I I wanted freedom more than I wanted money. And so for me, like I get to take her to school, you know, nine times out of 10. And she gets out of school at around three o'clock. And so I'm usually done at three, maybe four at the latest. And so I can go to the dance practices and the you know, the tennis mat, not she doesn't have matches, but tennis practice she started. And I just, it was important for me to set up a life where it's like, I do not interrupt like this, this sacred family time every single night. Sometimes I'll have to do a webinar and I'll, I'll be at work a little longer than I want. But 90% of the time, I'm, so I'm smart, done at dude. 4 p.m. Yeah, I'm done at 4 p.m. Could I make more money doing opposite, like working more? i Guarantee I probably could. There's a lot of stuff on my to-do list that it's like, I got to get to it. But freedom for me is, is the North Star. I like money a lot. And, uh, but I will always choose freedom over, over, you know, more money if I have to. So let's talk. And I love that, by the way, because they're going to be 12 years old before yeah. you know it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the boys and all the, 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 the pressure of growing up starts to happen and they start to disconnect from you. Like they become a little quieter, a little bit, they have their own world now starting to develop. It's not all about, it's not all about, you know, yeah. your little girl anymore. And so the, I found that those car rides and I drive my daughter to school every single day, it's not a non-negotiable because I need that time, you know, to the, at some point I want to be so trustworthy in her mind that when she's considering drinking, or partying, or nowadays, one of my biggest fears is like hooking up with some kid at a party and somebody filming it. Mm. Next thing you know, goes around school and she's embarrassed or something like that. I want her to know, like, doesn't matter what, I got her back. Right. And she can always come to me and I'll bail her out or whatever. Yeah. So like, I, I love that you're making that a priority. What's your, before I get into the business side of things and talk about some invest, investing type stuff, um, how does spirituality play a role in your world? Dude, it's been big, man. Like I was, I was. Uh, I noticed the cross. Are you a Christian? Yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a Christian, man, but I'm a new Christian. I grew up in Salt Lake City and uh, like I have a lot of Mormon friends. Great, great, great Mormon friends. But I was the non-Mormon that grew up in Utah. And so for me, like I had this association with God and, and organized religion. And so I'd probably been to a church, you know, a handful of times, Mormon friends, like always trying to, you know, pursue me and get me to come to church with them. And, you know, because they cared about me, but it was like, I, I went enough to be like, you know, that's not my thing. And so for all of my life, I was like, I never thought about God. Religion would like, if you talk to me about it, I'm like, not, not hearing it, right? It wasn't until 35 years old when when my wife gave birth to my daughter, when she opened her eyes, I was like, oh, dang, man, like, 
it would actually take more faith for me to believe that, you know, like if we undid this watch and all of its pieces and we shook it up in a box and randomly it would just come out like this, this perfect watch, right? And you look at a human being and especially like people who have kids, I think, understand this. Like I look in her eyes and I was like, man, there is an ultimate creator, right? And it's like, I can't prove it. But like, it was enough proof for myself. And then like, I don't think about it. Me and my wife went through uh, some like fertility stuff. And so having that baby was hard for us in the first place. We've been wanting another one. And so about 18 months ago, I, I, had, I don't think about any of this stuff really. And I'm at my local gym. I'm about to squat like 350 pounds. I'm in the middle of, you know, workout. And I just, I hear this, like, I hear this voice and it's like, you've tried everything, but you haven't given this to me. And I was like, dude, I, I, I swear to you, I have tears streaming down my face. And I look around, I'm like, this gym is like a hardcore gym in North Scottsdale. And I'm like, I just took the weights off and walked out. And I was like, that was the weirdest thing. And I ultimately told my wife, I'm like, let's, let's uh, go check out this local church. And that was about 18 months ago. And so faith has played a lot bigger role in my life over the past 18 months because of that moment. So I love that, man. Yeah. I love that. And I, th I think if you want to optimize your life, you need to believe in something bigger than yourself. Yeah. So many people chase money and even health or whatever their thing is and they zero in on it like that's their god. Yeah. You know, and for me a big open uh, eye opener for me and I I had a negative and for anybody listening, I think this is an important conversation to have because there's a lot of entrepreneurs that struggle with the spiritual side. Mm -hmm. Um I was so focused on money in the beginning. And um like I said last year was a hard year for me. And my mom died. My relationship with Shannon fell apart. Like everything was just melting. And um, I went to this men's retreat in Scottsdale um, at a place called Psychological Counseling Services. The first thing they did with me was something called my intimacy circles. And I had never heard of this before, but essentially it looks like, um, like a dartboard, right? So you got the bullseye and then you got all the rings. And they asked me a question. They said, this center section, the bullseye section, what is in there for you? And I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, like, are you in that center section? Like me? Who else is in there with you or what's in there? And what do you think should be in there? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm in there. And they're like, you're not in there. Mm. You're not even on the board. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, your business is there. That's what's your, your, you've taken intimacy and made your most important thing business and then outside. So what should be in there is you and your relationship with your creator. Mm -hmm. That's what should be in there. Not your wife, not your significant other, not your kids, not your business, not money. In fact, I wasn't even in there. I was on the outside somewhere and I just made business it and everything else came out, but it should be you and your creator. And then the next ring should be your significant other. And then your next ring should be your kids. And the next ring should be your family. And the next ring should be your best friends. And the next ring should be your next layer of friends. And then your acquaintances and then your business people. I had it all wrong. Mm. And then I wonder why I'm so good at this one area of my life, but completely falling apart in others. Mm -hmm. So many of our listeners reach out and they ask us how they can get involved in my actual real estate deals. We got a lot going on here right now from developing and owning multifamily to developing new subdivisions to assisted living facilities, storage facilities, 
Uh, mobile home parks, our investment firm specializes in finding deeply discounted properties, acquiring them, sometimes knocking them down and building from the ground up, renovating, stabilizing both single family and multifamily properties all over the United States. That's why we're so excited to share with you clevercapitalfund.com. Now, if you have some investment capital, lazy money laying around, and you want to deploy it and receive double-digit returns back by real estate, then visit our website and see which fund is right for you. We have both equity funds where you can participate in the upside, and we have like debt funds where you just get paid out every month like clockwork. All you got to do is visit www.clevercapitalfund.com today to learn more. <laughs> And once I understood those intimacy circles, I was like, dang, I got to get my, my ship in order. Mm -hmm. And so I started, and I was scared of religion big time because my grandparents were Pentecostal. Mm -hmm. And when I was a little kid, they would corner me and it would scare the shit out of me, man. Because they were like snake handling, passing out, fainting, speaking in tongues like crazy. And intense, like, mm -hmm. like every time they, they hit me with something. And I was probably like, maybe like eight years old when my grandpa was watching me because we were really poor growing up. And uh, my grandpa was watching me and he cornered me one day, scared the shit out of me. I cried about it for a long time because I was so nervous. And he started speaking in tongues and he put his hands on me and he started convulsing. And he was like speaking in tongues for like 10, 15 minutes, would not leave me alone. Like I felt trapped. I got really scared. And he told me at the end of it, you're going to be a pastor someday. You're going to be, uh, you're going to lead a giant flock. And I was just like, you are fucking nuts. Like I am out of here. I could not get out of there fast enough. And my mom was super religious. And so I rebelled, man. Yeah. I rebel against everything. I did yeah. it with like, I'm a germaphobe. You would think with the pandemic, I would have been happy as hell. You put your put a mask on, bro. Wash your hands. Like, you would have thought that was a great thing for me. But because it was being forced, I rebel. Yeah. School, traditional schooling, I rebel. Traditional religion, I rebel. But after coming through last year, um, I started having a lot of one-way conversations. Mm -hmm. And it starts like any success habit. I made a decision. I'm going to get my intimacy circles dialed in. Mm -hmm. And it's been one of the best things I've done. I, I, and I'm starting to come out the other end of it. Mm -hmm. um, but you got to build that muscle. You got to, you got to pray. You got to, you got to speak and ha start having conversation at, at, in the beginning for a year, nothing back. I still don't hear anything back, right. but there's not a day that goes by that I don't pray. And I'm not, being grateful and I'm not having these conversations. In fact, now I just hired, um, I just joined a men's group, you know, Erwin McManus. Love Erwin, dude. Erwin was one of the first, when I was like trying to sort this out, because the first thing I did was like, I never read the Bible, right? I'm 39 years old. Like it, it wasn't even a part of my childhood. So like, I'm a person that wants to know. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to church. Like, I, what is I, this? Dude, I just start from the beginning and start reading right to the end. And so it took me a year, but I, I did it. And there's a lot of stuff in there. If you're not religious and you have no programming, it's like, that can be good. That, that could be a good thing because I'm like trying to interpret this stuff back and forth. And Erwin uh, was like, I dove into his books and some of his sermons mm -hmm. and dude just speaks to my heart, dude, because I sometimes go and I'm like, dude, one thing that's very powerful in me is obviously like my faith. Like I have a lot of faith. I've always had faith in myself, right? I always, and I have, I have this belief, but it's like, I also have ambition to be great. And so what I didn't like is I was perceiving it like some people, it would be like, that could be perceived as a bad thing 
if I don't have a better understanding. And so Irwin has multiple stuff where it's like, don't ever let that go, right? That was like your creator put that in you. You don't have to be like, uh, you don't have to, you know, be over. I built you to do what you do best. And it was like, that was so freeing for me because then I thought I was, you know, just like any new person. I'm like, am I doing this wrong or right or this? I don't know what to do. And so, it, dude, I love Erwin. So yeah, that's awesome. he, he's fantastic and one of my favorite communicators. And he just makes, it makes sense. Yeah. And so I've been praying a lot and I've been struggling with, you know, my mom dying and just all that stuff that happened last year. And uh, I, I made the decision. I'm like, you know what? I hire consultants and coaches and mentors for every area of my life. And every time I do it, I win in that area because I have in my intention and I'm putting my money where my mouth is and I'm going for it, you know, and I'm building that muscle and I'm staying consistent, but I never did that with my spiritual side. Mm. And so I, I just joined this men's group. It's a very small private men's group. He's leading it. We're meeting at his house. It's unbelievable. Uh, let me know if you want a spot, but there's some just phenomenal human beings that are part of this men's group. And we're meeting here in May for the first time. Cost 30 G's. Awesome. I, yeah, I didn't even have to think about it. I was like, here's the money. I'm in. Let's go. Because I want a better relationship with my creator. And I, I want to believe that there's something bigger than just myself. And so, so I'm good, on a man. journey, dude. So I, good, I don't, dude. I don't know where I'm going to go with it, but I'm super excited for it. it. And if I feel a lot more connected to myself and to the world. Me too, man. Me too. This last 18 months has been spectacular. I love yeah. that. Well, you're blessed, dude. And I, I love hearing that. And for anybody listening that I'm not trying to push religion on you, but I do hope that you don't fuck up your intimacy circles. Mm -hmm. And it does screw up your relationships when you have it wrong. Mm -hmm. You make the wrong things priorities. And entrepreneurs, it's hard to deal with entrepreneurs. Nobody wants to be around a narcissistic, egocentric, selfish man or woman. You know, that's all business all the time. Yeah. And I learned that the hard way, you know, in yeah. my relationship with Shannon. Yeah. I fucked up a lot of things mm. by making my businesses a priority over over that. Mm. And I was never bad. Yeah. I wasn't a bad husband. I wasn't a bad dad. Yeah. I was there. A great provider. Mm -hmm. um, but not really understanding what was truly important. Right. Along the way. Yeah. Being being selfish. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. I, I it's interesting because when I when I ultimately got sent home from the, the dream, which was the NFL, right? It's like my whole life, I want this one thing. And then I get cut. I go from like the identity of like being this NFL player to the next day not, right? It's like you are one, like everyone looks at you as one thing and then you're like a former NFL player. And then like in my three years that I played, I made, I think 1.2 million bucks, but that was when I was 23, 24, 25 after taxes, I probably had 350,000 in, in a bank, right? That I was like, okay, this is what I left with. So I didn't make the multi-million dollar contracts, but what I did, it was completely burn all that to the ground, essentially, because I had this shattered identity of who, like I was, my identity was rooted in a football player, right? It wasn't rooted in just like, I'm valuable for being me, I have to only derive value from being successful in this thing. And business people do the, do the same thing. It's like, I'm this business mogul, right? And your identity is like tied to this one thing. 
I had that shatter when I was 27. And then I've spent the next three years flying to Vegas and partying like my face off and just burning relationships to the ground and like completely messing up, dude. And it was interesting for me to go through that. Like, you know, I, I, my biggest fear was being one of the dumb football players that lost all of his money. And I like, it was a countdown. I started my first gym and it was like, I'm paying for the gym. I'm paying for my lifestyle. It's not like I'm spending t- crazy money, but it was like every single month I'm down another 15K, right? And, every, and so it's like, I'm doing the math, manifesting the demise of everything. And I think I'm going to die. Right. And I'll never forget the day where my bank account hit zero and I was like, I'm alive still. And I'm like, the pressure almost kind of dissipated mm. because the thing I feared most happened to me. And then, like, for the next three years, I had this, I barely remember the three years because it's like this cloudy, like, that was me trying to pick up the pieces of my, of my life. But as I'm, as I look to where I am now, I'm like, I'm so thankful that I did go through that because that did like, it made me go through it. And luckily I came out of the other side where a lot of, a lot of like my friends that played don't, but the lessons that I learned there set me up, I think to be, to, to not derive and put all my identity into this new thing that I'm building that I've been pretty successful at. It's like, I don't, I'm not going to be me because that's my identity. It's like, I, I have that rooted identity. And I think that's huge. Smart. Yeah. So supra human. It's an education company, coaching company, essentially, right? Yep. You've got all these amazing clients. You built this community. Uh, what was it like trying to get that started? Did you know? Did you have a mentor? Was there people that you were going to? Were you hiring coaches and consultants? Because like, I've been there. Mm-hmm. I've done it. I've scaled this business, you know, to as big as you can make it online. Um, yeah. And. Uh, hiring of great people along the way. No clue what I was doing in the beginning. Yeah. How did you figure it all out? Yeah, dude. So like I, I first started a gym where my main thing was like, I wanted to give back to the community, train high school kids and like speak belief into them, train them up in the way that I was trained. And so I did that for like five years. It wasn't supremely successful financially, but fulfilling wise, like it was, it was awesome. I still, there's still guys that I trained in little tiny warehouse gyms that are playing in the national football league today. So it's like, I, I did that. But when my daughter was born, I'm like, I can't be this like gym bro that's in the gym at 5am and coming home at nine at night. Like we got to make some money. I have dreams too. And so then I was like, maybe I can, can, I can scale a fitness company online, which was kind of weird back in 2016 to think of maybe a little bit ahead of the, uh, the time, but there was, people were making money online. They were running lead gen and so I first hired I first hired a coach for like 12 grand. And that coach was like, all you got to do is Facebook ad to landing page to webinar to schedule a call application. Bam, sell sell your program for five grand. And I was like, I got in there and I remember, you know, telling my wife, we're gonna be rich, you know, like I got this, <laughs> I got this thing. You know? I know we just spent 12 grand, but I promise yeah. you we're yeah, about yeah. to get rich. And I did that multiple times, by the way. Yeah. But funny, funny enough, is like that takes courage to stroke a check for 12 grand. Yeah, it did. And yeah. I didn't have scary. I really didn't have the money. It was credit card back then. And the funny thing was, is like I got in there and I saw a bunch of people that were doing it, but they were selling B2B. It was like they were all the people that were successful in that group were successful because they're teaching, they're like, 
I'll help you make more money. I felt like I was the only fitness person where it was a different type of offer that was like business to consumer. And so in my mind, I'm like, dude, you can't sell a fitness program for five grand. There's like, nobody's doing it. And so like, I'm, I'm filtering out all the possibilities and I'm living out the belief that's in my head, right? And so they're like, you have a mindset problem. I'm like, dude, I played football in the National Football League without ever playing high school. Like there's no, like, I'm not a mindset. I'm not one of your mindset you know, student problems. This is an actual tactical problem. And so I, I hired another coach and, you know, they told me to do stuff. And I was like, ah, that's not going to work because this. And then I hired another coach and it's like, that's not going to work because this. And so I probably ultimately hired multiple different coaches to, and then ultimately took a little bit from all of them and just got super frustrated one day. And I never forget, like I put a camera out and I, and everybody was telling me to run webinars and different stuff. And so in the beginning, I was super confused, right? And I just got really mad and I put the camera out and for 10 minutes unscripted, I just ripped this, what I call a video sales letter, right? And there was no script. I had a couple bullet points in my mind, but ultimately after like 10 takes of starting and stopping over, I just kind of hit this moment where I was like, I'm, I'm, you know, saying fuck in there. And I'm like, just zoned in on my ideal client. We launch it. And then like overnight, the applications we started getting was like CEO, investor, real estate professional, sales. And it was like, cause I spoke to their, I spoke to their desire and we started, then I started, well, I mean, I'm spending 10 grand on Facebook ads. Let's uh, see what happens if I spend 20. Let's see what happened if I spend 30, right? And the number, the model kept working out. And so it took And me, you're the one on the, you're taking the applications and just calling them dude, up saying, hey, I'm when, your guy. 2000, this was 2000. I, I started this journey probably 2016. I went to a Tony Robbins event, went to Unleash the Power walked on hot coals yep. and I'm like, I'm going to do this. And then I hired all those other coaches. And so like, I kind of fell flat on my face, 2017, 2018, 2019 is when I did this. And then ultimately I was the only person I had me. There was like uh, an assistant and then one other coach that was like a three, a three person team. And I was doing the sales calls. I was writing the programming. I was coaching all the people. And then I'm like, holy shit, like I can't do all of this. Like, am I going to stay small and make a million bucks or am I going to scale this thing? And so today we have 20 something people on the team. We have a sales team. Uh, my personal job is like, I'm the message. And so like, I, I'm very into like the metrics of the marketing and making sure that that's hitting and filling the pipeline up. And we have a coaching staff that is just freaking dynamite. And so, love that. yeah, we, we built it. I tell people, I'm like, this isn't a little business at this point. I mean, we're not a hundred million dollar business, but this isn't a small thing. And like my eyes are on a really big transformational company. I love that. Yeah. It's hard to do what you're doing, man. And it's, it's admirable. And more importantly, you're making money, but you're, you're helping a lot of people along the way and everybody is saying great things. So thank you, man. Yeah, dude, it's a, it's a, it's a movement for me. Yeah, that's cool. It's got to be. Community is the key. Yeah. Building a community. I, you know, Pace Morby, Vina Jetty, these are all real estate, phenomenal real estate investors, good friends of mine. They, they're focused on community. I love the community aspects because it's an unstoppable train once you get it going. It's hard to get going, but once you get it going, they are, they are your army mm -hmm. out there just like, you know, yeah. marketing for you constantly. Yeah. So I love that. Um, do, you, do you guys have like a private Facebook group or a Discord or like how are you keeping the community kind yeah, of engaged? We, we have a private Facebook group and, uh, you know, that that's that's like 
pretty active. We also do, like I do a weekly call and that's, that's very active, right? That's where I get to connect and keep building the culture of, of what I call excellence, right? It's like, the, the, and then my podcast is, is a big thing for, um, obviously anybody can listen to it, but it's, it's big within the What's community. your podcast name? It's just called The Show with John Madsen. The it's Show. Me, yep. It's me for usually 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Usually the mental side of fitness is, and business and anything else you want to, you know, create parallels to, but the mentality of it, I think is, I don't think I know the mentality of even business and fitness is probably 90% your mentality and mental toughness, 10%, you know, the strategies and tactics were, which are important. You have to execute them. But I think most people are just very weak in their minds and they quit far too soon, man. Like I could have quit a dozen times. Like I wouldn't be here right now having this conversation. And same with you. There's so many moments where it's like, maybe we're just stubborn or maybe we truly are some of the most mentally tough people on the planet. But for us, it's like, we, we can't, there's something inside of us that won't allow us to settle. And that's what I want to get across to people. Yeah. Super Bowl was the other yesterday. And, uh, you know, I tell people, people are always like, Cody, why are you so intense? It's like, what's the alternative? Mm-hmm. You know, really, yeah. if you really think about it, at, at, especially in the sport of business, like what's the alternative? Am I going to be a procrastinator? Am I going to be a pleasure seeker? Am I going to be a spectator? Am I going to be a, a hater, a commenter? Yeah. Am I not even in the game? Yeah. Or am I going to go to war every day? Exactly. Am I going to get in the game and show up like it is Super Bowl every day of the week? Like I, I my, and you know, I just, I resonate so much with your messaging because I do make success an obligation. It's not an option for me. I want to set standards on every, that's why my health is like a big thing. My spiritual side is big. If I'm going to, if I look at you, I'm, and I'm going to hire you, it's because I want to, I want to have so much proximity to you that I'm almost willing to trade places with you. Like that's how much I admire what you're doing in that area. You, and like with Erwin, I admire how strong he is spiritually Mm. and as a communicator and just a human being. Like, I'm like, here's my, I can't even throw my money at him fast enough because I'm just like, dude, I need proximity to you right now because I know that proximity is going to bring me power. And, um, you know, the alternative is every, but there's so many weak people out there that are pleasure seeking. They're allowing addictions and, you know, everything else to get in their way. And and then they become these victims and they wonder why, why, why am I not successful? And they're blaming everybody around them. And I'm like, I don't want to be like that. I want to set a standard for my kids, for my community, for my friends. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just the way you got to live your life. You don't, you're not, you either are or you aren't. There yeah. is no in between. There's no toe in the water. Yeah, dude, I, I think that, uh, you know, if we look at, if we look at the game or like life is, life is a game, I think that there's critics, which, you know, if you, if someone sees my ads pop up, it's like the whole, there's thousands of comments that are just like, I think of them as like people in the cheap seats, you know, feeding their face with popcorn, all good. Right. But it's like, you can be a critic you could be a cheerleader, but that means you're on the sideline and I, I'm, I'm believing in your last name more than I believe in mine. And it's good for me to root for you, but I'm not like, I'm not ultimately just going to be a cheerleader for, for anybody. Right. And so a lot of people, they're cheering for other people, but they're not doing anything themselves. And then the, the bucket that I found myself in for a lot of my life was this, this competitor. Cause I'm like, if I win or lose, like, as long as I'm in the game, like at least if I get bloodied up, like I'm out there, 
right? And I lived in that bucket for a long time. When my life really changed, it was like a decision switched in my mind. It was like this epiphany where I didn't have to be just the competitor. I could jump, make that leap into being a champion. And for me, like, I think we're all so tied to this idea of the hero's journey, which is a real thing, right? All the movies we love, like we, we love Rocky because he would get his face kicked in for 13 rounds and then, you know, his music would come on and he'd win. And it's like, we, we, we look at all the movies like that as like a hero, like the hero's journey is the same. And for us to be in our, uh, a hero in our own mind, sometimes we create obstacles we, that we don't even know, that we're literally putting more obstacles in our way because we don't feel deserving or worthy unless we are battling an opponent. And I'm like, what if I didn't ultimately need to, to put these obstacles that are not necessary in front of me anymore? And I just become, I became the favorite. And it was like, I was the one people were betting on. And it was like, I gave myself permission to win in that moment. And it was like, just a simple mindset shift like that it was like, it, it took a lot of resistance out of the process for me. Not to say that everything I do is easy and without effort. It's like I still go through the processes. But I think a lot of people subconsciously put stuff into their, into their way just so that they can feel deserving of the success that comes after. I'm like, what if I'm deserving anyways? And it was like a weird shift over the past like two years. It's like, dude, like I, I feel like I went from like competitor to now I'm now it's okay to be a champion, John. Go, go win. And it's okay. And the interesting thing for me about that was I thought that if I was to do that, that I wouldn't be as likable or relatable to people. And like that one thing held me back for so much of my life because I was just like, I was this underdog. Even getting into the NFL, I broke my leg, couldn't run for 12 months. I'm like this long shot person. And it's like, I kept doing that in business until I decided that I didn't need to do it anymore. And it was okay to win. So a lot of people out there like that are listening, you don't need to just be the competitor and take the losses. It's okay to win. And if I could leave people with one thing, it would be like, give yourself permission. You're already, you already deserve success. You're already worthy of success. And it's actually okay to win. And sometimes like, it's weird, but a person needs to get that permission from somebody else to go to go do it. And uh, energy, yeah, exactly. Energy. Well, I, I mean, that. it's it's shame and guilt. People carry around a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. Yeah. And think about when we're little kids. Uh, you you do something wrong, shame on you. Mm-hmm. You don't make your bed, you're getting in trouble, shame on you. You get in a fight with your little brother, shame on you. It's like we grow up with this like shame on you mentality. And then as adults, you know, something doesn't work out as planned, you lose your job, you go through a divorce, you screw something up, you did something, you fell back into a bad habit, you swore I would never do this again. And then you fall back in the habit. But that voice in your head, you don't, we don't say it as adults, but we say it to ourselves. Shame on you, God. And you're carrying around this heavy guilt and this heavy shame. And part of that journey last year of me going through that, this transformation and and going to that psychological counseling services was like, how do I let go of a lot of that guilt and shame? You know, I used it in business to drive towards achievement. That was my my thing. It's like, okay, fine. I can't control the negative environment. I can't control the bad things that happen to me. I can't control my crazy grandparents or my mom dying or my relationships falling. But I can, I, I can go dominate in business. That pursuit of achievement has a cost. Mm-hmm. And I used my, I don't know, like maybe a 
Dexter reference, like a dark passenger. I used my pain to drive towards that. But this is where addictions come from. This is where abuse comes from. This is where sexualization of pain comes from. And the reality is it's so unhealthy to carry that around, especially as an adult. And when you, when I hear you say like you're worthy of winning, um, you got to first address that love you have for yourself. That's where I was missing. Yeah. Nobody would have looked at me and said, he's not confident. Yeah. Or, not, that yeah, yeah. didn't come out. But inside, when I was by myself, I was still that insecure, angry, in pain person that carried around a lot of like, a lot of guilt and shame. And it's not until you really address it mm-hmm. and go deep. And most men don't do this. I didn't cry for probably 10 years. Not once. Yeah. I couldn't even get myself to cry unless an animal got hurt. <laughs> I might lose my mind a little bit, but like it would take some. I think I cried more last year than I've ever cried in my entire life. And it was the greatest feeling in the world as a man to just let some of that stuff go and really go deep and address it. It took a lot of work, a lot of EMDR. Yeah. A lot of conversations. Yeah. Dude, I did horse therapy. Yeah. Like talking to horses. Like I was trying everything yeah. because I really just wanted to like release this because I, I knew it was holding, holding me back from my next level. Yeah. And um, I did acting therapy. Wow. Imagine props and you're, you're for 90 minutes, you're acting out with seven other grown men, your pain, your deepest fears, your deep, the things that like you don't tell anybody. Yeah, yeah. And you're in this little private group and you're acting it out with props and stuff and you're moving around. You have an acting coach with you and a therapist with you. And it's like, you come out the other end of that work. I felt 10,000 pounds lighter. Mm, so important. I'm in alignment with my purpose. For the first time in my life, yeah, I feel literally freaking unstoppable, John. Like I know that 2023 is going to be the one of the greatest years, and and moving forward, I'm so excited again. I believe it, man. That alignment is is truly everything, and I think that most people are just like they stuff stuff in that closet that you don't open. Right. And so for a lot of people, you know, for years and years and years, it's like even you know I, I think all of us probably um, do that. And so just like you, I'd unpack all that stuff, come to grips with it, take the learning lessons from it. But the alignment that came through it for me was the same thing. That's when my, like, so like I talk about the, you know, putting the camera out there and running a thing, but that actually wasn't the catalyst. Like you, I went through like some heavy, heavy, like NLP type therapy, which, you know, some people know about, some people don't, but like we went back and removed negative emotions like guilt and shame. And I came out on the other side, like you, where I was like, I literally was different. And people were like, something about you is different. And I'm like, just like you said, like, I feel that because like when I came out of it, I was like, dude, I am different. And ultimately everything that I started to do was so much easier because there was so much less resistance, not from out external forces, but from internal forces. It's like I removed the resistance that I was giving to myself because yep. of the undeservingness and unworthiness and all of that stuff. It's like, it's deep in your body and subconscious mind. And when you when you rip it out and do the work, it's not always fun going through it. But when you do it, just like you, I'm like, I believe you, dude. I would bet on you just having said yeah. that one thing. Well, we're vibrating at a diff- yeah. different frequency yeah. now. Yeah. And it everybody notices it. You can't, well, nobody's going to bring an opportunity to somebody that they don't feel with all of them is vibrating at that frequency. Like people get a good read on others in there. And I was holding myself, I didn't even know it. 
Yeah. I thought I was doing pretty well because I'm doing well in real estate or whatever. Um, but when you really elevate out, it's like, yeah, my spiritual game is off. My relationship game is off. My friendship game. I never went deep with people. Mm-hmm. I don't, I wasn't born with a lot of empathy. Yeah. Like it's not in my nature. I have to work really hard to be a good friend. Yeah. Because I do have narcissistic tendencies. It's what makes me great as an entrepreneur. It also is the number one thing that holds me back. You know, and until and I want to encourage every single person listening or watching this, like put in the work, man. Go deep. Like if you're struggling in your relationship with your significant other, there's a reason. You know, it's not, it's not because uh you guys just fell out of love. No, it's because you're not putting in the real work, the deep work. And so hopefully maybe some yeah. You resonate with this on some level because trust me, once it's too late, it's too late. And living with regret is my biggest fear. Yeah. I don't want to slide into my grave full of regret. Dude, for for men especially, man, I think that it's it's so important to to be able to have conversation like this because it feels vulnerable, but it's also like the, that's a superpower of strength. Cuz think about you like not crying for 10 years. It's like everyone looks at you as you know, th- this person and they think everything's fine, but in your quietest moments, it's like, you're, you're like screaming for help. And I think a lot of people just, they, they don't know who to, who to go to. And so it's important for people to understand like, oh, John went through this, Cody went through, it's not abnormal. Yeah. Right. It's like some, like we put on this, this mask of like bravado and it's, it's like, that's fine because we have the ability to compartmentalize and go win in business. But ultimately like it does, it, like we need, we need to empty that out so that we can feel the love and the empathy and all the stuff that you yeah, said. I'm way more trustworthy. Yeah. I'm way more in alignment with all of, all of me. Yeah. And it's, it, people know. That's and dope, feel, yeah. It, feel it's it. a, it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's, let's, let's kind of end this thing strong. Um, let's talk about, uh, just how, how, what are you doing with your money? Are you, are you just reinvesting into the business right now? Cause there's, there's three ways to get wealthy, right? Way number one, most of us aren't lucky enough to inherit our way to wealth or win the lottery or yep. something like that. You can entrepreneur your way to wealth, which is, you know, sounds like one mm-hmm. of the main things that you're doing to build wealth for you and your family, or you can invest your way to wealth because unfortunately the, the between taxes and inflation and just the way the game, the financial game is rigged, you cannot save your way to wealth. It's mm-hmm. impossible. You just can never get ahead. There's not enough hours in the day. You can't outwork your way there. Like so many people I know are hard workers, man. They're such good workers, but they end up at retirement totally dependent on the government or their family. And unless you really shift over, because the way the way the, the game is structured right now, that if you're an income earner, even a high income earner with taxes and inflation, you're you're tapped out at a certain point. Even anesthesiologists that make two, three thousand dollars an hour, they're still tapped out. They can only work so many hours. Unless you elevate up to like, okay, I'm gonna own this business. I'm gonna have other doctors working underneath me. I'm gonna open up multiple locations and scale using leverage of other people's time, money, resources, and really get the scale, you can never get ahead. Or if you're not taking your money, living below your means, investing it wisely, right? Like there's a lot of that to unpack in that statement. Yeah. But, um, you know, this is why I love real estate. You get the tax benefits. You can get the cash flow. It, it's something you can do on the side. It doesn't have to consume you if you you can hire team members to handle it and all that stuff. It is a long-term play, but it's a great, it's a great moneymaker and a great wealth builder. And whether it's stocks or real estate or any other investment, there's, those are the only ways. 
So what are you personally doing and how are you thinking about money as you're, because you're starting to scale pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You know what? For me, like, it's funny, like I had to learn these lessons too, because I mean, it was three years ago where my wife Nineveh was like, hey, uh, mortgages due. Can you, you know, take some money out of your business account and put it in the personal account so we can pay the mortgage? And then me, like not wanting to open up the laptop, knowing that whatever number I saw in there was not going to be a good one, right? And and having this realization that our mortgage is due and there's not enough money in the business account. And then me trying to explain that to my wife and it was a point of conflict, which I know like for a lot of people, I feel that pain, right? But I had I had this belief that like I, I play offense. And so I'm like, I will figure out the money game. It's only a matter of time. So not too long ago going from, we barely have any enough money to pay the mortgage to three and a half years later where, you know, the company is massively scaling. I figured out the making money game for, for the most part. There's still a lot of more that I can make and a lot more lessons. And there's plenty of people that make more money than I do. But I, I crossed that threshold to where I kind of have that skill set now. Now it's like what to do with that money is a whole other skill set. And I got I had to learn a couple hard lessons with taxes those first couple of years, right? Like I I, I also, you know, I, I like cars, so I got a Lambo and that that's fun to drive and stuff. So dude, can you fit in a Lamborghini? How tall are you? The Urus, dude. Oh, okay. The, I was gonna and, say yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. fitting in a, the Urus. You know, the Urus is one of my favorite cars in the world because I can fit yeah. and it's an it's an SUV, but it's a supercar. Dude. Yeah, it's fast. But anyways, I, I love that car. But anyways, um now I'm dude, now I've I've invested a lot back into the infrastructure of the company though. We go from three people to now 20. We're building up the C-suite. And so, you know, that's that's not but a phase cheap Phase one, thing to figure do. out how to make money. Phase two, get big. Yeah. Reinvest, scale. Yeah. Right? Because you really never want to stay small. You really do got to scale. Yeah. Otherwise, you're, all, you're always going to struggle. There will be seasonalities of your business where things will go great for three, four years. And then Facebook will change its thing. And all of a sudden you're like, why aren't our ads working? And right. next thing you know, you're freaking out. So. Right. And we're going to invest into some product and stuff. And so we're going like, I, I've, I've, I'm now in that season of continuing to reinvest into the business to make it bigger and more profitable. And ultimately also aligning myself with people that are smart like you to be like, we got to get you into real estate. Yes. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. We got to so get like, you into some I, I'm of our- not, I have, I haven't dove head first into that dabble here and there, but ultimately, dude, like honestly, I'm trying to find that dream team of people that I, that I immensely trust that I can surround myself and learn and win together because like trust is the biggest, trust is a big thing, right? Like for so many years, like even being in the NFL, it's like, don't trust anybody, don't trust anybody, don't trust anybody. And so I had this program in my mind that I'm like hoarding money into a bank account and it would drive a lot of people bananas, but it also makes me feel a little bit secure, which then allows me to, to, to you know, take a little bit more risk sometimes. And so I think I'm trying to find that balance, honestly, of like, where what's the next move to grow this wealth and also, I need to find the team that I trust immensely to do so. Yeah, well, let's do let's yeah. let's do some real estate stuff, man. You're local here. I I just feel like the longer you wait, the harder it is. It's like your fitness, dude. Same thing. Like, yeah. like I'm, I I said on one. I'm like I'm rich in my body. I could go and go to Super Bowl party and have chips and dip and eat a donut and have a cocktail. And it's like I still wake up with a six pack. Why? Because. I've trained for 25 years, yeah. right? And same thing in in real estate. It's like now I need like when's the last when's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. 
next best time is like today. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm right you there. You gotta go and you yeah. gotta and look, there, you know, obviously the concept of paying yourself first and all that, you are by yeah. reinvesting into your business. And it is a catch-22 because it's hard to make that decision. When do you put the money? When wh- where where do you put your money? You may, let's say you, you have a good month, you make 500 grand in a month, and mm-hmm. you're like, dude, we'd be great month. We made 500 grand. How m- hard is it not to just take a little bit, maybe make the decision, get the URS, maybe make the decision we're gonna go on a vacation, or hey, I'm gonna dump this back in the company. We're gonna try this new marketing strategy, we're gonna open this new division, or we're gonna hire a new person versus I'm going to force myself to buy an investment. Mm-hmm. You got to start to force yourself. The faster, the better. I know you're going to want to scale your business, but I'm telling you right now, there will be a time where if you wait too long, it gets significantly harder. Yeah, $3.4 million is what you need to retire at 65 and make 10 grand a month for 20 years. Yeah, I need to, and I need way more than that way because more. I don't live on 10 I grand. know. I'm just saying. Like, I know. And so the I, hope is like, oh, can I build a business? Well, first off, is your business even sellable? Yeah. We don't know at this point. Right. You're building something that might not be sellable. Right. You might be the, the linchpin in the whole operation. And that's your next thing that I want to challenge you on because when I built Clever, I came out in front and I led. Cody Sperber was the leader. I built the con- the content. I was the voice. I did the, the the last few years. I've been moving it to more of the brand, mm. so I can get out of it. And I've been hiring people that are better than me at marketing, better at me at training and coaching and all that stuff. So that way, I can slowly work my way out of the business because um, it really isn't a sellable company. Yeah, not like what you would think. I right. mean, who's going to buy me? Yeah. Maybe a Grant Cardone or something, another big educator that wants the the email list and the resources. Right. But so if it's not sellable, your plan needs to be like, okay, if I'm going to need 50k a month or 100k a month, how do I get it? Well, the fastest way to get it is to put your money in real estate. Yeah. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah. yeah because man. you got to do two things at one time, besides what you're already doing, because you're already making a lot of money fast. Now you got to keep more of it you have to have the depreciation. You have to play the tax game. And I don't know if you are or not, but like- Starting to. Good, you have to. to. I I was just, I gave, before we filmed this, I walked John around our new building. I bought this building for four and a half million dollars. It has a million dollars worth of this raised flooring. Um, All of the walls in a lot of our stuff is actually modular furniture. They're not even real walls. All of it is 100% bonus depreciable last year and this year when I bought the building. Um, and so uh, I'm able to offset between all of my real estate holdings. Let's say Clever makes me $3 million, just for an example. Just the purchase of this building and my other real estate assets, I don't pay any taxes. So imagine if you made $3 million, right now you're going to pay 40% yeah. of your earned income immediately is going to evaporate. It's so much harder to go faster when 40% is just gone immediately. Then yeah. you add another 8 to 10% inflation, you're going the wrong direction. Yeah, dude. And this is exact uh, t- thing I was talking to some of the financial team that I put in place. I'm like, man, it feels like this first couple of years, I'm like, a, I'm like a hamster in a wheel that's just like spin it faster to make more money. And it's like at a certain point, it's got, it's got to be, I got to have the strategies like 
that you were just talking about. So again, and it's commercial. Yeah. It's not single family. Right. The only reason I would say, hey, John, get into some single family is if we did some really dope, like luxury themed out event vibey Airbnbs, where it was like, hey man, I could get something in Arcadia or PV or some cool area of Scottsdale where it's a venue type of scenario, not a normal house. Yeah. During the Super Bowl, like over 10 or 20, I forget the number. It was like 20,000 Airbnbs hit the market in the span of like no time. It The market flooded. Everybody just moved out of their own house and just threw it up on Airbnb. Even in HOAs, nobody cared. They were like, give me a $500 fine. I don't care. Right. And it flooded the market and nobody was able to get their Airbnbs rented mm. all of a sudden, especially the last oh, two last weeks. Minute. Last minute because yeah. there was too many. Wow. It, it just went crazy. Um, but if you have a really themed out, super venue-y, unique property, every one of my ones that was like that, rented for top dollar, stayed rented for two, three weeks for waste management and air. Uh, yeah, I, I love that because we throw events. And yeah. so- you And know, then you can use your own properties. Yeah. Come to my spot. My biggest thing is like, dude, I don't even have a hammer. So like, I, it's funny because I went to- uh, the Avengers, the first like last year, right when when it first was there, and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm gonna buy some rental properties and stuff. And I learned really fast, probably in that first, like that first day. I'm like, I'm a passive investor. Like, I cannot be the one that's getting called about toilets or you know what I mean. So no. that you, so like, no, you got to stay focused on your business, right? Yeah, yeah. But the real play is in commercial. Awesome. That's where the tax benefit. That's that's where a guy like you needs to focus. You can be passive. We were talking about some triple net lease type stuff yeah. and some uh, land leases and also the multifamily. That's where I would push you. I'm pumped, man, dude. I'm gonna come. You for, get me for a six pack. I'll get you into some cool Easy, deals, bro. You, dude, you look you look <laughs> good, man. I see veins popping out of your forearms. It's like, bro, you've done a good job. What supplements are you taking? Do you take? Are you so? Uh, I I have I have recently in a roundabout way done some TRT therapy for 38 years of my life. I didn't like you. I actually uh, had a six pack and got my blood tested. And it's something I usually would have done anyways, but I just got busy at, at business. And so I'm thinking in my mind, like te testosterone's got to be okay. Mine came back at, at like 286 actually. Oh, yeah. Mine was 290. Dude, and my free yeah. testosterone was three. Yeah. Three. That's insane. And so like the doctor is like, John, I've seen you like, like, how are you even functioning? I'm like, bro, like I'm, I guess I'm an athlete. I just wake up and I'm like, I'll burn through whatever. Right. And so because of the fertility thing, like they didn't want to put me on synthetic test, yeah. but I, I did get put on another protocol and my test now is like 900. Yeah. And I'll tell the, like, I'm very open and honest about that because I f do feel 10 years younger again. And it was it like is a legit the fountain yeah. of freaking youth. Yeah. I sleep so much better. I'm dialed in. I, I'm more effective on every level. Yeah. And so I I, I have a doctor that's like, you know, I, you might even know him, but I'm sure you do. But I, I get my blood tested every 12 weeks. And my whole thing, like I'm about optimization. So I drop a lot of investment into myself in that regard to make sure that we are always looking at everything that's going on in my body and I'm there to optimize it because that's what I care about. For people that are, you know, just getting into fitness, I do things that you probably you probably don't ever need to do. Um, but you got it, like if you're getting started, training and nutrition is always number one and then optimization, 
you know, you can do them simultaneously. I just think sometimes people's like, oh, it's like, I'm going to go get tests and I'm going to be jacked. It's like, dude, you're not going to be jacked at all just because you do tests. You got to eat in a certain way and train in a certain way. However, if you do the fundamentals and you optimize at the same time, it's it's an easier road for sure. Mm, Well, not recommending anybody listening or watching go and do this stuff, but it did move the needle for me. And, and, you know, I, I was willing to take the risks of some of the downsides uh, like hair loss and all that yeah. stuff. And and it it does happen. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It does happen. I was yeah. probably going to be bald anyway. <laughs> you were, you were my mom's down. dad was yeah. bald. My dad's, da- my dad's bald. My dad's dad was bald. Everybody's bald in my family. I'm surprised I've kept my hair as long as I have. As much stress as you go under as an entrepreneur. Oh, man. It's been it's been a lot. But all right. So let's, uh, let's end kind of strong. What would you tell your... 12-year-old self right now, you, you got an opportunity to give a little pep talk. My, my, my biggest message, I think, is give it, like giving yourself permission to win. And in that, like I, I've seen this play out in my life. So many people are waiting right now for somebody to just like give them permission to go do the thing, right? And for whatever reason, when I was younger, I, I did this very naturally. Walking into that college office and being like, hey, I think I could be a good wide receiver. And then looking at me like I was crazy because I didn't play high school ball. It was like, there was no red carpet there. And I took it a step further because I played there for a year and I still don't, like, I don't have, I have a whole other year to play, but I see an article in the newspaper and Urban Meyer was a new coach at Utah. And he's saying, you know what? We have a championship caliber team, but we have no wide receivers. And I read this in the newspaper And what do I do? I drive 90 minutes from my junior college unannounced to the University of Utah. I'm going through their office and they're like, dude, who are you and what are you doing here? And I'm like, I need to talk to Urban. It's like, you just don't go talk to Urban. And so they're like, what's your story? And I'm like trying to tell him like, look, I play at Snow College. I want to transfer here. And so he comes out and he's like, what are you doing here? And I'm explaining my story as fast as I possibly could. And he's like, I don't know you. Here, let let me see your film. And then he's, like likes what he saw. So he calls the the junior college. And then next thing I know, I'm at the University of Utah, right? And so I have this theme in my life, even in business. It's like, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to start this business. And so it's, for me, like I try to tell people that you don't always need that invitation to the to the party of your own success. In fact, if you're anything like me, that invitation was never written for me. But I went to that door and I knocked on it. And that's why I'm sitting here right right now. And I think I, like if I was to tell my younger self or I'm going to tell my daughter is it's not up to anybody else. Sometimes you might not get that invitation, but you have the power to, to create your story and your destiny. And so if you give yourself that permission, then it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or says that you can't do it or this or you shouldn't do it. It's like what's in your heart, you go do. And then you do it to the best of your ability. That was it. I love that. Yeah. If you don't have an invitation for a seat at the table, just build your own table. Yep, that's right. That's right. Go yeah, for it. Yeah. Well, man, it's been great having this conversation. We went a, a couple different directions with it, but it's been a, I, I love this episode because it was raw and it was authentic. And I think a lot of people are going to walk away um, with maybe a renewed spirit towards their health and their connection between their health, their wealth, and their happiness. And I hope I hope that they look you up. So h- how do they get a hold of you? And if they wanted to get involved in the Supra, it's almost hard to say. It is. Supra Human. How'd you come up with that name, by the way? You look up Superhuman in the dictionary. It says 
having powers above and beyond those of a normal human. So of course, superhuman would have been that domain's taken. So it's like supra then is like above. And I'm like, I love that name. And so we ran with it. And it's it's been cool because that embodies the message. It's like, we're born great. It's like, let's tap into that greatness. So they can go to superhuman.com if they want to um, see what it looks like to get involved with the custom one-on-one coaching. If if your health is suffering, like I think we're the we're the best at getting people not just like, if you want to lose 20 pounds, don't come to us. If you want to get in ridiculous shape that is mind-blowing, that's what we do. And so you could go there or I'm very active on Instagram, John Madsen official. That's probably the most active I am on social. And then I have a podcast, the show with John Madsen. If you type in my name, then uh, you'll find the podcast has 252 episodes. Damn. Putting in the work. Putting in the work. I love it. Well, I, I feel sexier. After this episode, I feel really good about myself. And uh, I feel a little bit more chiseled. I'm not going to lie. It's I don't know what's going on right now, but I want more of it. So maybe I'll have to we'll hire hang out you. more. <laughs> I'll have to hire you yeah. to keep it going. Um, all right, guys. Hey, look, if you got something from this episode, make sure uh, you subscribe to uh, the show. Also share it with somebody else that maybe needs to hear this message. Appreciate all the five-star reviews. They keep pouring in. It's been really great. I'm having an absolute blast meeting amazing guests like you, John. So thank you for being on the show. And that's all we have for this episode. So until next time, we're out of here. Take care. Comb your hair. Peace. Hey, thanks for being a subscriber of the Clever Investor Show. As a thank you gift, we wanted to give you something that we know is gonna help you get started as a creative real estate investor. It's our real estate success kit and it's completely free. Just go to www.reisuccesskit.com to customize your kit, but essentially it's a collection of 15 training tools designed to help you get results quickly as a creative real estate investor. From systems to lead generation, to finding cash buyers, to creative ways to close deals and get paid. Your free REI success kit is just a few clicks away. Once again, the website's www.reisuccesskit.com.